So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been living there for since May, I think. It's been enough like three, to miss three water yeah, enough time to enough time to miss three water bills. <laughs> usually every couple, three months or four months or something. I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's like quarterly, quarterly usually. Yeah, yeah. It's like sixty bucks. Like it's not even that much. Yeah. I literally could easily pay it, but I need the fucking bill. Like. <laughs> Here's, so, here's some money. Oh, what is it gonna go? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, he literally I, said, "Don't worry." Yeah, don't worry That's about that. Like, well, now I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, now I'm worried. <laughs> Fuck it. So I need to go over there after we we're done recording this and straighten that whole thing out and make sure my gas bill's getting paid because I'd love to have my fucking heat shut yeah, off might, too. Yeah, you might want to do a uh, <laughs> do a little rundown of all those ones that your dad's one. Yeah, he only has two. He only has two that he said he was taking care of. One of them's the gas, and the other one was this one. So I'm gonna go make sure that they're they both get paid before I suddenly wake up and have no running water and no heat. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's a fucking yeah, icebox in here. Yeah. Did you let him know, too, yet? What? Have you told him yet? Yeah, I told him. I was like, what the hell? What did he say? <laughs> he told me to come over today. We did it paid. Well about that. Sure. Yeah, I was like, hey, can I have the account information so I can have running water, please? Yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> What's up? It's Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Mike McCloskey. I'm Seth. And I'm Pappy. Hey, we're back. Uh, Shout out to Logan out there. He told me today that he just finished listening to all the episodes. Oh, really? yeah. well, good on you, Logan. Baby Dick. Yeah. Logan Baby Dick. I was going to call him that. <laughs> wait. Out, Thanks, you know, Logan. Wait. I don't know how it started, but at work in Woolridge, they started calling him Baby Dick. No, I think it's I like I think to it's imagine he's hung. He's hung as fuck, and people no, are just it's jealous. Actually, no, it's actually, he made, it's, like, it's... Tell it's me pro- it's a fucking self-imposed nickname. It is. It's oh, a my God. And not because, like, I'm not... <laughs> Could you this imagine? This is so misleading. No, he, no, he would always make, like, 2K players. He always makes 2K players, and then he names them something baby dick, so that's just the joke. Oh, and then my I, then, God. Then me and everyone just started calling him baby dick at work. That's great. Then he moved from our warehouse down to the other location of the warehouse, and one day uh, we were on a FaceTime meeting with one of the managers down there, and I was like, hey, slogan in there? He's like, yeah, he's right here. And I'm like, what's up, baby dick? And he's like, whoa, wait a second, what? He's like, what'd you call him? And I was like, baby dick, don't you let him fucking lose that nickname. And he's just like, fuck you, Brad. And then the next time I saw him, he's like, I was like, is that nickname sticking? He's like, yes. <laughs> like, so, like, it's slowly catching on. People are starting to realize that that's what they call me. That's absolutely beautiful. But thank you, baby dick. I appreciate you listening yeah. to all the episodes. We'll miss you when you leave for Florida. Don't give his life story away. <laughs> it's not like I know where he's moving to. He's moving to the Bermuda Triangle. Damn it, we'll never see him again. Yep, he's going to get a houseboat deep in the ocean. <laughs> a houseboat would be kind of fun. Hell yeah, I always thought that. It would be, yeah. It could Storm be comes, you just fucking sail away. Yeah. Bye. Also, <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Also, shout out my man Leon. Shout out Leon downstairs. I was told to oh. shout you out. <laughs> yeah. He was. So Avery. He was. Better he listen was. to this. He came in the room before we started recording. He's like, I need to remember to shout out Leon. Avery, you better oh, listen to this episode. Yeah, Leon came up here and was like, <laughs> I shouted out your son. 
just came into the house. He saw me. Sounds and started. You no, know, he started crying immediately. <laughs> he just got the worst sad face on his. Oh, he just stares at me. Like whenever I come into the room, he's just like, oh, and just stares. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, children, gender is boy. Oh, Ooh. congratulations. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she got our. She got the uh, uh, genetic testing back, and it oh. gave us a gender. Now she's outnumbered. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get to know like any like like information other than that from those tests? Or? Oh yeah, a ton of it. That's um, cool. it. It's like minimal risk for like every birth defect kind of deal. That's awesome. Good. So Good. it they should can determine all that pre-birth now. Fuck it, yeah. Genetic testing, yeah. Uh, so yeah. they, um, I don't know exactly what sample they took, but uh, I think she gave blood. Um, Bro, you can and they just pick uh, the genes of your I know. Kid now. <laughs> if you have enough money, you can. It's actually an ethical debate that's going. So they let right normal now. people. So they let normal people just see the genes of their kids. Yeah. <laughs> All the rich people get to pick them. We get to. Yeah. We just get to see them. You can determine if it's a boy or a girl. Just pick if you want X or Y chromosome. Yeah. But well, yeah, you can no, do that after birth now too. But we won't get into that. <laughs> You, uh, you you take the test. It takes like three weeks. So they come back and you just get this sheet of paper. Well, I, it's on a computer right now. So, but you get like pages on a computer of just like you know, very low risk for this, very low risk for that, or you know, whatever. <coughs> That's good. So, That's good. As of right now, it looks like the baby should be healthy. Well, That's so. all that matters. Exactly. Oh yeah. Well. This week we're going to be covering the uh, the lizard men again. Um, are the old ones going to be in there too? No, the old ones are essentially they're done. still gone. They're done. They're just gone. Uh, uh, they do not come back as of we know. Okay, so on this part two, um, it's kind of just the lizard men. It'll Last be... week we covered the old ones because it was part of their lineage. Yes, and but, uh, it was. I mean, it's essentially how they they were created by the old ones. Yeah, they're gods. Um, which is kind of cool. We will start out with the uh, war with the Skaven. Ooh. That's where we left off, right yeah. before the war with the Skaven, which is arguably one of the uh, most important lizardmen history uh, wars. I'm excited. Uh, <coughs> yeah, we know we got you first. <gasps> Time for Mike's news articles. <laughs> Mike's Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's one what Mike stories, news. What's, <laughs> one Mike one news. <laughs> what stories about meth in Florida do we got today? I don't think we have any meth stories today. N- none? Uh, wait, what about people that might be on meth, but it hasn't been proven? Okay, well, maybe our last story, the guys might be on meth. Okay, it just hasn't been proven. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, it hasn't come out yet. He also used, like, a fake name for the... Like when he sent this into the newspaper, so. Oh boy, I hope this man's on meth. Fuck, I just watched this, like, fucking documentary about this doctor who is a uh, heroin user. Like, (laughs) a casual heroin user. Hell yeah. And he still practices medicine, and it was actually pretty fucking interesting. And he can get the good shit too, probably. Oh yeah. He can can make it. He can probably make it. Yeah, that's what I mean. And he knows, like, how to, like, probably how to, like, regiments. Where he can like get like his micro dosing. It'll yeah, he's probably got yeah. fucking stacks of Narcan too on standby. I mean, no matter like, oh, what, shit, I feel myself overdose a little bit. Got some of this into my leg. Yeah, I don't free think Narcan, it's... but let's charge thousands for insulin. <laughs> oh, real quick before we get into the news story, that picture I sent in the group chat. Oh yeah. Oh, I want to. Yeah. I want to bring that up. Yeah. If because people need to know this in Korea, the baseball team's trophy is a giant sword. 
That does not... Like, it is legitimately a sword that is, like, as big as the player. That's also a thing that happens in the Air Force. Yeah, their fucking major sports team trophies are just giant swords. What the fuck are we doing in this country? We need to do this. The the picture he sent me... Hold up. They were really known for their martial arts. Hold up. I, I mean, look at this. Look at this dude. It's he's a great. Just standing there, he's just standing in the middle. I told you, yeah, bro. He's just standing in the middle he of like Excalibur. I fucking. I told you, it, the sword's like as big as the dude. Yeah, man. That's he's awesome just like trophy. he's just holding yeah. it up like he's wielded it like yeah, fucking. Like, we won, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah man, like that's in awesome. These, in front of all of his teammates, right on a fucking mound. Listen, when we win a street, when we win a podcast award, that's what I want it to be. When somebody sends us a trophy, it better be a fake sword. (laughs) That's funny. You can't send a real sword. You'll probably get in trouble with fucking the mailing. Send a real sword, just don't let it be sharp. Oh, there you go. We can sharpen it ourselves. Yeah, send a whetstone with it. (laughs) Perfect. Some assembly required. I did see that's also like I was watching this video where it's that's also like an award in the Air Force. It's like one of the like higher awards is like where you literally get awarded like this anime looking sword. What? <laughs> awesome. Like, it kind of looks like the one from that picture too. Like it's crazy. Oh, that's great. I forget, <laughs> I forget what it's called. Go Korean sports. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's awesome. fucking awesome. Yeah. What the fuck are as every other nation doing? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it said too at the bottom. It's like, yo, every other sports league just needs to get their shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on! So Who doesn't want cool. a giant sword for winning a fucking sports yeah. competition? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, woman's body discovered that sparked police search. Turns out to be a large potato. Wait, the body was a potato? <laughs> yeah, and like they it was... actually thought it was a human. So, an English dog walker got the shock of her life when she stumbled across what appeared to be a human foot protruding through the dirt in the countryside. However, after police deployed a large-scale search team to the potential major crime scene, they discovered it was just a potato growing next to a mushroom. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. They deployed an entire large-scale search team. Like an entire, like, murder investigation squad. Don't they send people down to confirm it? No, they jump right in. Damn. Uh, According to the BBC News, the woman sent a photo of the root vegetable selection to the police as soon as she got home from the walk. And then Northumbria police said the photo did show what appeared to be a human foot. So they uh, deployed multiple officers to the scene. The search team did have a chuckle when they realized it was a potato, police (laughs) said in a statement, adding praise for the unwoman's named vigilance. Police said anyone in a similar situation should call them, stating, if it does turn out to be a vegetable, our police dogs will thank you for the treat. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a picture of this, like... I like. I to, didn't see like a the yeah, picture that she sent in. I yeah. like to imagine that it was an actual foot when she <laughs> left, but the killer came back and replaced and she, it with a potato just to make that woman look like an idiot. Not just like just put like a couple more lumps of soil on it, and then like added the potato and the mushroom. Yeah, and so there. no, it's yeah. just a potato. It's just a they didn't like dig or anything. <laughs> That's like if you're ever going to bury a corpse, you got to dig down deeper, and then you dig a couple feet up, and then you just bury a dog there or something. And then when someone digs, so they just dig find a eight dog. eight feet to di- bury the human, then six feet for the dog. No, you only dig, like, two feet for the dog. You're going to dig six feet for a dog. Why? If you, di- if you bury the dog two feet under, something might dig it up. 
That's the yeah, point. That, yeah, that's if fun. something does, if something but does sniff it out and digs it, bigger investigation. Yeah. No, no, a dog. If something sniffs it out and they think and they're just gonna dig it up, they're oh, just gonna be like, oh, you, here. oh, you, you put but, your dead dog. But that's there why you bury things like six feet under, is yeah. because almost nothing, and by almost nothing, I mean literally nothing's going to dig six feet under the ground. To that's why up. you put the body. Another six feet. But then there's no point in putting the dog then. Yeah, the dog is to cover up the body. They're not gonna look past the dog. Who's looking at this point? Yeah, yeah. So if anyone comes along, she'll be like, oh, that's just a dog. <laughs> you missed her this time. Yeah, you missed her. No, but what I'm point. saying is if you put the dog only two feet under, like a bear or some shit could come and just move the fucking dog. Okay, You gotta Seth. put the dog further under. Seth. You gotta go further. But no, the point is for the dog to get, like... Yeah, but that's still... I don't like it. It's gonna get sniffed out. It's gonna get sniffed out. That's the point no, of the. That's the point of the analogy that he's making. I get you it. You have a dead body. You bury the dead body eight feet. Then you bury something else at like three <laughs> to two feet because no matter what, something's gonna sniff it out. If the dogs are coming and they catch you, the dogs are coming. And they're gonna sniff that body out. If they fucking Can if they sniff out a dog body eight feet under the ground. God, I hope not. Probably. I don't think so. I well, even so, if not. they got fucking some sort of science to yeah, find yeah. something down there, yeah, they're we'll gonna see. find the dog first. Well, normally they use um. That you can use ground penetrating radar and stuff oh, like yeah. that. They, they, they do yeah, that for yeah. But I think search dogs are more topical. I think once it's under the ground, like a foot or two, and normally they determine pigs are better to use for search dogs. Yeah, you should. Pigs are so smart. That'd be crazy. Oh my god, pigs are one of smells actually better than a dog. Yeah, well that's why they uh, people use them to find like tubers in the ground yeah. and stuff. Which fucking if you have a tuber smelling pig, that's big money right there because tubers tubers also, sell big money. You got to name. You better name the pig big money too. Fucking what's the other one? The mushrooms that everybody fucking loves. Oh, I I the know truffles. Yeah, like, yeah, pig truffles. But they're hard to find yeah. without a pig, God, and they pigs. sell for a lot of money. So if you have a pig that's good at finding them, you can sell that pig for a lot of money. <laughs> And we have ginseng around here, and that's really good. Yeah. Gotta go up in the hills with that ginseng. That's sang. Sang. So, a uh, squirrel attack leaves New York City neighborhood in fear. A squirrel attack? Squirrel. Yeah. Specific attacks. One is it one? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it one yeah. squirrel multiple attacks? There's one rabbit terror. Oh my god. Pissed off. That squirrel. Somebody so, left that squirrel an orphan at a young age. Or someone took his home. So, at least three people in Rigo Park in the borough of Queens have been jumped upon and bitten by the possibly deranged squirrel. Possibly <laughs> deranged. I'm telling you. Does he it, have rabies? It was orphaned Maybe. as a child. I've, I've, see, I've watched Batman. I know what happens I when you leave an orphan. <laughs> trained by an owl. Yeah, tra- it was pro- the squirrel's probably trained by an owl to stalk people in the night and just fucking like, you killed my father, where are you? And he's trying to find his father's murderer and go around beating people up. That's why you don't leave them. The tree-based rodent's reign of terror has, been, has made some people in the area afraid to go outside without being armed with pepper spray or other anti-squirrel <laughs> weapons. pepper spray for a squirrel? Dude, no. Yeah, but dude. I know. But did you say it was in a park? Yeah, but like I guess it's, it's also like a fucking park. Well, I mean, it's New York City. The park's probably real tiny around a bunch know, of buildings. But Some of their parks are pretty like big, Central man. Park. Yeah, well, like, this ain't no Central Park. If it's anything like Boston, it's just one little square. Except Boston's the opposite. Boston squirrels will literally come up and eat out of your hands. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Boston's parks are big. Like they're bigger than you would think they'd be for being inside of a city. It's also not on an island. Yeah, that's true. Well, is it New York? Is it Manhattan? 
Did you say Manhattan? Yeah, it's in Queens. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, so it's on an island. Uh, a few people were quite scared. I, I'm going to butcher this name, but I think it's Michelle Lean. It's spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-I-N-E. I don't know how else you would oh, say that's it. all one name. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was like, that's her first That's her first name. Yeah, It's right. Michelleine Frederick, I think. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's how you say that. But she's a local resident, and she herself was targeted by the squirrel in a bloody attack on December 21st. I like how they use the words targeted. bloodied. Oh, well, she was holding her front door open for furniture movers, and she said, suddenly the squirrel ran up my leg, and I thought, it's a small rodent. How bad could it be? Bad. So, <laughs> so I stood completely still, and the next thing I knew, blood started to fly. It was a wrestling match that got very bloody very quickly. Damn! I had my hand around his body and I couldn't could not get this thing off. <laughs> it was angry, vicious, and incredibly strong. Well, she, she eventually shook it off, only for the squirrel to run up a tree and stare at her. <laughs> squirrel's back, like, next time you die. She said she had to seek medical treatment and has had a round of rabies shots and luckily yeah. event the squirrel well, yeah. staring rabies. Yeah, you don't fuck with rabies. Uh-uh. Still no cure. Yeah, yeah, you have to catch it before it gets in yeah. you, and yeah. That was one of my favorite episodes on House. <laughs> According uh, to Frederick, several other neighbors have also been attacked, with Frederick having to scream a desperate warning to a woman who was chased down the street by the squirrel. These squirrels are aggressively going after people, resident Vinti Singa said. What the fuck happened in this squirrel's well, life? They're all... I'm not, I don't even know. I not, like... God, they, they what, deserved it. what is driving the squirrels to attack these people? There's got to be a stressor somewhere, yeah, but what is it? They've been in their homes. <laughs> they've been fine for a hundred years there. City officials said they they're had advised... they're tired of it. Yeah, they're sick of you shit. Uh, <laughs> city officials said they advised the hiring of a licensed trapper to apprehend the squirrel. And she said she hoped the problem would be dealt with properly humanely, but she refused to live in fear of the squirrel. I came out of the house with a shovel after the first few <laughs> But now I think I have the vaccine. I'm wearing heavy gloves. Bring it on, she said. I'm going to be intimidated by the likes of you, you fucking squirrel. <laughs> you little fucking no, the, But honestly, it's like... It's like a fucking hyperbole of like... what I, what That would fucking suck. It would suck, yeah. A squirrel is like... I don't know. It's, it's like, like a, a fucking ferret. You know how hard it is to grab yeah, a hold of a like, ferret? But yeah. she had a hold of it. She just fucking squeezed till it yep. pops. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, no, bro. That I I've just gone squirrel hunting. It's a lot harder to do that. Dude, Terry step. The I, moment you have in your hand, then you bash its head on the fucking <laughs> ground. <laughs> no, Don't dude. Be a little bitch. Dude. We're from Pennsylvania, though. Remember this. The- We're not a bunch of New Yorks. Dude, just one time I went <laughs> squirrel hunting with Terry. We fucking, uh, I got a squirrel running up a tree. And it didn't quite, like, I didn't, it wasn't a kill shot. And he just, like, goes over and he just tries to, like... Step on it? Yeah. Like, that's how he had to put it out of his misery. He just, like, snapped on its head and just, like... Yeah, but I was just, like... Dude, no, those things, like, taking a freaking thing from a twenty-two, and then the only thing that could put it out was just getting crunched by Terry. <laughs> that's why you gotta go with a shotgun and go fucking, with a fucking pellet. I don't know, I'm just saying, if you just squeeze it hard enough, it'll probably shit out his asshole. I don't know, man, they're squirrely. (laughs) They're squirrely. She had a hold of it. She had it, she grabbed it. She could have done it. It was latched into her flesh, and she fucking grabbed this thing and couldn't get it off. Yeah, 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 but what did she have? She's the shit out of it. Yeah, just fucking squeeze. But it depends on where where she had it. If she had it by the tail, fucking squeezing does shit. Well, that's even better. You can fucking really... No, no, it was... Yeah, but it might have... It could slip out. 
out. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of things that could go wrong. That's Just fucking drop an elbow on it while it's biting you. And also, you're probably panicking as this squirrel is literally ripping your flesh from your body. That's why that's my first reaction. <laughs> fucking, mm, trying yeah. to rip it off. We were wrong about... Remember how when we used to play D&D, we literally once or twice a session would scream, the chickens will rise, the yeah. south will, you know, will rise again? <laughs> we, were, we had the wrong animal. The squirrels will rise. We were so close. (laughs) Wasn't the chickens. So, uh, a police officer reports seeing a seven-foot-tall humanoid laying near highway in California. Laying near highway? Yeah, just, like, laying there. Oh, chilling. Just a dude? A patrolman. Yeah, like like a highway patrolman. Yeah. Uh, according to a report submitted by Big to Bigfoot Field Research Organization, oh, BFRO God. for short, on January <laughs> uh, on January 23rd, police officer Rick Bates was headed home alone from Oregon that evening around 8.15 p.m., driving south on Highway 101 in California, when he spotted a large, hairy humanoid laying on the highway shoulder. Uh, and he's just taking a nap on the highway. <laughs> In his reports, Bates said, I was driving home from Brookings, Oregon on January 23rd. I was southbound on Highway 101, south of G- Gerberville. What, what the? F- did you even just speak English or did yeah, you just make noises with your mouth and hope we believed you? <laughs> yeah, what? Sounds about right. South of Garberville, California, and south of the Benbow Inn. The road makes a few turns and the speed limit drops in the area. As I rounded a sweeping right turn, I saw a figure on the southbound shoulder of the highway. I was the only vehicle in the area at about 8.15. My speed was 40.45 and I passed the, as I passed the figure. The figure was laying on the shoulder of the road on its right side. I estimated the height to be about 7 feet. It, I was looking at the creature's back and noticed it had broad shoulders and a thick torso shape. While the shape was similar to a human, it was not human. It was not a bear either. I could see muscular features in his glutes. <laughs> he has a nice ass. Yeah, driving, driving by doing 40, 45, just be like, that man's Damn. got a nice set of cans. Whoa, whoa, look, holy look, holy shit, almost break my one. fucking neck looking at that ass. Double decker dump truck. Double decker dump truck. Bro, that man's got the honky tonk badonka donk. <laughs> God. <laughs> I gotta find my clip. Oh. And a head on the shoulders that was somewhat tapered towards the top and being held off the ground. Its hair was a chocolate brown and very coarse. The hair was not like the hair of a bear at all. I turned around a distance past the spot and returned to where I'd seen it. No other vehicles had gone north or south in this time. I saw the creature I saw the creature to the time I returned to his location. That sentence yeah, that, that sentence that makes no report. sense. Yeah. When I got to the spot where I'd seen that the creature was gone, an avid hunter and fisherman spend a lot of time in the as an avid hunter and fisherman, I spend a lot of time in the woods. I spent every summer camping in the area as well as a kid. I never seen anything like that what I saw this evening. You said it was laying on the side of the road. Oh, it, it, I, like he was showing that. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I like to imagine it was laying in the you know stereotypical paint me like one of your yeah like that, that's position because he said it was like rolls. laying on its yeah. side. Its head it's was got like his, propped up. Yeah, it's got his elbow. You know, his fist is under his head. His Except legs it's facing are away from the highway. Yeah, his legs are crossed, but they're facing away from the highway to show that ass off. Like, come on, Mister Patrolman, yeah. what you driving home for? <laughs> Like I, I like to imagine that is the that is the position that, that that creature was laying in. 
And I did want to add this one little part because I thought this guy's name was perfect. Uh, this man is a re- investigator for Beefro for the Bigfoot Field Research Organization. The the officer. No, no, no. no. Oh. Uh, investigator Matt Moneymaker. Matt Moneymaker. <laughs> he was able to speak with Bates, whom he said is a 20-year-old active duty law enforcement officer who describes himself as very observant. <laughs> yes, I would say so. I, I mean, he was going 40-45 and really gave a detailed de- uh, description of that man's ass. I just like investigator Matt Moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Matt Moneymaker here. <laughs> Perfect name. Yeah, it's a good name. I think you'll like this one, Brad. Uh, I saw this one. World's first all-hemp plane is t- ten times stronger than steel and fueled by hemp. See? Yeah. Come on! No, hemp is awesome. Come on! As in the entire structure of the plane? The entire is made? plane is made from hemp. Like, I, it's still a regular engine, I believe. But, but like, the actual, like, frame and stuff is made from hemp. Huh. Yeah. No, I saw this article. <laughs> I, hemp is... Hemp has so many fucking uses. Yeah, but to be able to just... Uh, yeah, but as a plane, though, that's uh, that's an interesting one right there. Canadian cannabis firm Hemp Earth has designed a plane to main from and fueled by hemp oil. The body and wings of the plane are made from the composite hemp fibers that are ten times stronger than steel. Hmm. Even the interior walls, seat, and pillars are made from hemp. Uh, and it's designed to run 100% on hemp oil, which we won't need much of since it's so lightweight. Yeah. Yeah, that that is first off groundbreaking in terms yeah. of transportation mm-hmm. for like flight. I mean, imagine not needing to fill up an airplane every time you well, land. Gonna be cars. Yeah, and and it's way lighter, so it gets way fucking better mileage. Like, and it runs on hemp. Like, we can just grow it, yeah. just grow the fuel. Could you imagine if we could just grow gas? <laughs> like, that's awesome. Hemp has so many uses, but because it's been like really really tough and illegal most places to like own it grow it whatever it hasn't we haven't actually explored any of the avenues of what we can do with hemp so Uh it's uh it's nice to see stuff like this coming out where it can actually help the planet in a lot of different ways um and you know it's just a nice thing to see yeah funny thing hemp is actually legal like I don't think it always was. I think there was for a little time, bit. It definitely was illegal. Yeah, because, yeah, it was. Um, but they, but before the newspapers they started, hated hemp. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because they were, they were yeah. poised to take over the lumber industry. Yeah, hemp yeah. was hemp was kicking newspaper oh, out and doing. Yeah. So they ran a big lobbying campaign because you know money. The logging industry. Yeah, money makes exactly, this world go round. So I thought hemp, hemp itself was hemp they got started, illegal or hemp at the very least got banned or yeah. like. Yeah, it was more recent. They started what it was is that like hemp with like. Like, it has like point zero two percent of THC. They claim, yeah. Like that's how they that's distinguish, and it's just like, what the fuck? Of you know how much fucking hemp juice. you'd have to smoke to even get a buzz? Yeah, it was yeah but still, it's just like, <laughs> it's just to the point where it's just like, you you're literally just like, you're trying to do that to distinguish the difference when it's literally the same, like. What the fuck are we doing here? Like, yeah. just legalize it, motherfuckers! God damn it! It's always about money. Yeah, it's about money. But yeah, no hemp. Hemp was uh, it's, it's always so gone. useful. Oh, yeah. yeah, working for a cigarette company, it was just weird when we started selling hemp cigarettes, and it was just like, how can you even sell these? And it says on the box like, oh, if you only have like point 
0.02% THC. You can sell you can it. Sell as, it. As, as like hemp cigarette. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to make a slight exception. Yeah, it's just like, come on. Uh, the hemp composite material used to make the body of the plane could replace all fiberglass in aviation and many other industries. The CEO of Hemp Earth, Derek Kessick, says. It would be lightweight, stronger, more durable, th- and with more flexibility and plasticity. Kessick claims his company turned down an invitation to collaborate with DuPont on the material hmm. because he refuses to work with fascist companies that are associated with the military, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and or, and or the military-industrial complex. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, good. Yeah, good on him. I uh, realize DuPont were such douchebags, but... <laughs> <laughs> the Hemp Earth Company also makes hemp plastics, hemp board, hemp oils, hemp surfboards, and hemp phones. See, it's, it's companies like that that, like... Help me not hate the world as much. Like, where it's like there are some good companies out there. Not every company is a greedy corporate fucking asshole out to just squeeze every last penny out of you know the and working even people. A lot of the uh, vehicle companies, like Ford, they're well, I think like by twenty twenty five are going to be all EV. Like everybody's trying to go green. And yeah, fix the fucking world again. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know because we're already past the point of no return. I saw something on like, and our kids can start fucking it up again. <laughs> I saw something like kind of on the flip side of that, like the bad side. Amazon, you know, like at the Amazon Basics, like most of those are just like designs ripped directly from another company who like make like that same product, except usually like more sustainable and like more like with like fair wage, like that kind of shit. Uh-huh, and then, then the Amazon just comes in, in, copies a design, fucking sends it to a factory in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. What, what's going on with Amazon, Amazon and Parler right now? They're in a court case. I don't Wait, know about that. Parler? Parler, Parler is an app. Parler is like they were like the alt right social media app, basically. Hmm. Yeah, Amazon and Parler are in a court case, but I don't know what over. I didn't know if any of you guys did, but hmm. okay, we'll we'll find that out at some point, maybe well, on the next podcast. It involves <laughs> child labor. <laughs> I mean, uh, I do like just like Nike. I mean, didn't Benzos just step down as CEO? Yeah, Bezos stepped down. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, yeah, but the, <laughs> he called him Benzos. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. The guy replacing him was actually basically the genius behind Amazon. Ah, uh, okay. Like he was there. Uh, well, I forget what they said. He ran there, like online reselling. I don't even know. And that's where all their profits basically came from. Let's sell books online. Yeah, because that's all Amazon was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking weird. And now they're a fuck, man. Uh, so, gorillas lose appetite and lions develop cough after catching COVID-19 at Frog Zoo. Damn. <laughs> Frog Zoo. Prog. Prog. Frog Zoo. Huh. A gorilla and two lions have tested positive for COVID-19 at the Prog Zoo, which has closed them in lockdown restrictions in the country. Lions Yaman and Suchi... And a male gorilla, Richard, tested positive today. Not Richard. <laughs> Why Richard? No, Richard. There have symptoms have been mild so far. The lions have a cold and a cough. Richard is tired and lost his appetite, director Merzlo Bobek said on his Facebook account. I mean, he probably can't taste anything. <laughs> like, I, could you imagine being a gorilla and just not being able to taste anything? That's such a big deal. My banana tastes like nothing. Yeah, fuck this. I'm not eating this. Here's my shit. Yeah. (laughs) This banana tastes like shit, and this shit tastes like... Bananas. Shit. (laughs) 
animals were most likely infected by staff, and other animals will be tested, Bobik said. Prague Zoo was in touch with other zoos that have seen COVID-19 cases. Uh, in January, a troop of gorillas at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park suffered from an outbreak of COVID-19 that sickened several of the group's eight members. I just realized... We developed a COVID vaccine for us. It's not even a vaccine. What about the animals? Welcome. Yeah. Are we never going to be able to go to zoos again? Who knows? Once everyone's vaccinated. (laughs) Just hope you don't get a variant. Yeah, I was going to say, just hope it doesn't fucking, you know, mutate. Like it already has. Four times. Yeah. But uh, they had to kill all their minks in Denmark. Which, I'm pretty sure later they found out that it didn't even actually matter. Oh, really? Yeah, so they kind of just did it all for nothing. Yeah, they com- they committed minkicide in Denmark. Well, how did they capture all the minks? No, no, no like, they have big mink farms. Oh, and they had to put all... Oh, yeah, oh. They, they Denmark, uh, lot, they do mink farms for their fur and whatnot. Like, I think it was literally tens of thousands of minks. Yeah, no, they literally sure committed minkicide. Billions. Yeah, they had to, like, just fucking kill them all. Yeah, they put, they put a lot of minks to the sword. But apparently, the Czech Republic has been has faced a renewed surge of COVID nineteen that has uh, pushed its infection rate among the highest in the world on per capita basis. Damn. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's crazy. Damn, though. That's. Yeah, man. I hope we. Uh, and our fucking states are trying to reopen. Uh, yeah, I know. And, and Texas, Texas and uh, mm-hmm. <coughs> Texas and what was the other one? There's there was two. Oh, there's another. There was probably Florida. Florida. Yeah, I, it might. Have, it's probably Florida. Let's be honest. If we're gonna take a bet, like I know there were two states, but I can't remember what the other one was. But I'm gonna bet Florida. Like, it's safe bet. <laughs> if I were a betting man and I had to pick one of 49 states that would pull that stunt, it'd be Florida. <laughs> or Hawaii being so isolated. Yeah, but uh, you haven't really heard anything bad about Hawaii. In terms of how they've been handling it. I haven't heard anything about how Hawaii's handled this. Seems like all the islands, like, because, uh, what was it, Australia, they claim themselves as being... Yeah, I was going to say, you, the thing free. is, you don't have... Uh, New Zealand's completely COVID-free. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, they, they had to reshut down here recently. Oh, did they? they, got, they I think they got three cases, and so they shut the whole country down again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. When you're on an island, you don't have people traveling and going. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what's going to... Like, in this... Country, yeah, states might be closed, but that doesn't stop me from driving to New York. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do. And especially even with, like, so many rural places you can't... But like, I'm not gonna just things. fucking swim to Hawaii. Like... <laughs> so, like, you don't get an influx of new people if you don't let them in. So it's a lot easier to contain your disease on an island. At least that's the way I look at it. In terms of, like, that's why islands are so lucky and can really, you know, lock this thing down. Yeah, they were saying the safest place on Earth is, like, the, the poles. Yeah, like oh, all fuck the, yeah. That all the research sense. Oh, all the researchers, like, that are at those locations in the poles. Yeah. Like, as long as we don't send them, it's like, no, nobody new goes there, and you guys are, you guys are fine. They won't even send you anything. No supplies. Fuck you. <laughs> Speaking of the poles, that reminds me, if I, if I remember right, Metallica is the only band to play on all seven continents. Damn. That includes Antarctica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Metallica. All five people. Yeah, I was gonna say Metallica played a concert up there. That's wild. At least I'm ninety percent sure it was Metallica. It's them or you two. But you know, completely different genres. I mean, so I don't know why. Sense. I don't know why I'm confused about which one it is. But it's one of those two. I mean, it makes sense <laughs> for you two because didn't they get their star by playing on rooftops? I have no idea, honestly. 
I honestly, I've never been a big U2 fan. Welcome to the I Have No Idea podcast. No, it's one of the two. I have half an idea podcast. 50-50. Yeah, we're gambling men here podcast. No, fuck if I know podcast. <laughs> Mike's the only, thing, only one that has anything fucking for sure. Uh, so you know what I said about the, at the start of this, that maybe the last story was on meth? I think I'm wrong. I think either of the last two stories could be on meth. Oh, uh, I mean, the fucking state trooper that saw uh, "Paint Me Like Your French Woman" uh, or the oh, state o- of officer, meth, or whatever. I bet the guy yeah, he could have was meth. on meth that day. What happened? Oh, there was a fucking mass shooting in Renova. Yeah, there was Renova an active day. shooter. Uh, there was yeah. an active shooter going on in Renova. Oh, how many people did you get? I don't, I don't think don't anybody know. got injured. Oh, what a pussy. Yeah, I was um, just at work and there was the message <laughs> came through. for fucking victims? <laughs> Mike! Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to go on an active shooting spree, you might as well get some people. Damn! If you're going to do something, you might as well do it well. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, good thing he did it. And then when the Mike, came is, in, he gave Mike out here taking those sayings to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do it, you might as well do give it all you can. You know, yeah. The old if college you, try. Yeah. If you're, you're going to commit genocide, you might as well become Hitler. Thank God we got some underachievers. <laughs> Jesus. Thank God we can't all be if Hitler. Not, but they probably would have killed him first. That's true. That's, so, that's so what, what even happened? Did you just walk? Is just a man walking around? I don't around even know. I don't. Yeah, I, came like, through on the phone saying active shooting. I know it happened orders. because Kristen told me, but I was streaming, so I very quickly lost interest. I was more focused on like he's not game. on our street, is he? No, well, okay. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And there was that kid that shot the other kid in the face the other day. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. Well, I guess uh, torso, but. Yeah. Saint Clair. Yeah, yeah. Saint Clair shot um, yeah. another. It was in the chest, point Jake. blank. Yeah, I'm, I don't know his last name. Okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Names are getting so mixed up here. It's not Saint Clair. Hey, that's his last name. No, it's not Saint Clair. What is it? It's something else close to that, but we won't talk about that specifically on this. But yeah, a couple people at work had to call off for that too. Why? To go to attend the funeral. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah this kid had like ninety some cousins. <laughs> what? It was just the two usual people that always find a reason to call off. I mean, just like if you drinking, doing drugs, why are you playing with guns? Yeah. Sad just like time. the roulette game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no! Very sad time for our fucking. I'm just like our how area. our town I, are idiots. I just, just like every came uh, up uh, from vacation early to have that party to kill a kid, just to have his family have to like end their vacation early to come up because he killed a kid. <laughs> Damn. Damn shame. So, uh, an Osage Beach man was charged after ejaculating on an eye care center employee. <laughs> that man's on meth. I'm oh, calling it right God. now. Well, see, the thing it is, takes a special someone to ejaculate yeah, on an eye care. I, I feel well, like he meth didn't have would any help on him though because he wasn't charged with any like drug charges. Yeah, we, that's because he took it. <laughs> he have a pipe or something on him. No, probably. he threw that away before he went to jack off. Get, Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> he left it in a stash. Yeah, yeah but like you ain't getting off remember if you're meth. That's that's a valid point too. <laughs> so, uh, Osage Beach resident, twenty nine year old. Julian Hewitt <laughs> Rowland has been charged with sexual misconduct in the first degree. According to court records filed on March 4th, 2021, Osage Beach police responded to a local eye care center. Officers spoke with an employee of the business who stated Rowland was sweaty and shaking his leg. Then the employee felt a wetness on her pants leg and asked if Rowland had vomited. 
It was at that point the employee realized Roland had been masturbating and had gotten seminal fluid on the employee. <laughs> oh, no. He then admitted to what had occurred. <laughs> I mean, there's no denying it. Wait, oh, hold on. How, where was this employee at? An eye care center. No, where was the employee at that got ejaculated on? No. Was she sitting like, in a fucking seat next to him? Uh, it doesn't say. Yeah, like, was he yeah. standing beside her the whole time? And it, like, and how do you let happen? yourself get? That's what. Yeah, exactly. Get I'm assuming they were like she was standing next to them, and he was just like standing there with his hand in the pocket, like shaking his leg, fucking jerking his dick. Why she doesn't notice his dick's out? She's probably trying it to ignore the fact that this man stroking his yeah, dick. It doesn't have to be out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he could pour it out right at the end. He probably had, like trash cans on or something. <laughs> 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 Don't be out here victim blaming. I'm just asking questions. I feel like the like, response is like, did you puke? Looks down, oh, yeah. you came on me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, did you hear him going, oh. No, you hear him grunting. <laughs> Yo. What the fuck is wrong with people, though? That's so fucking funny. That's fucking hilarious, dude. There's so many, like... I understand. Like, that is so suspect. How do you let someone come on you that you don't want to come on you? Like, stay away from me, bro. Come on. Yeah, bro. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Like, yo, like, I don't. I'm saying, look, I don't mean to victim blame, but we got to talk here, man. Like, you got combed on. Yeah, like. How the fuck? Yeah, not like you were at the movie theater and you're both sitting beside each other. I'm just asking. I mean, maybe she was like <laughs> pulling up something on the computer. I don't know. Maybe oh something. shit! Damn. So, uh, <laughs> a man built a guitar out of his uncle, his dead uncle's skeleton. I, I saw that, that man's one. on meth. Whoa. I saw that one, and it was a really nice guitar. <laughs> I think it was just the bridge, right? That was the actual spine. Yeah, he used, like, the rib cage. That would for, like, look fucking sick. That's what I mean. Like, it actually wasn't, like, he did a pretty... Nice if you do it right. Is that legal? Probably not. So, uh, a metal sucks reader calling himself Prince Midnight has made a guitar out of his dead uncle's rendered skeleton. I'm just gonna say, if this man actually makes music, it's probably going through the fucking roof in sales right now <laughs> with this article. Yeah. Uh, Prince attached a... Guitar neck, pickups, volume knobs, a jack, strings, and electronics to an entire skeleton that used to host his uncle's mortal being. And he made a functioning guitar out of it all the way to pay tribute to the man responsible for his love of heavy metal. The, uh, the uncle, Philip, who died too young in a car accident, had requested his skeleton be donated to a local college where it was medically prepared and rendered, fulfilling a workmanlike role of educating students for 20 years. Uh... But then after a certain period, like after 20 years, they no longer had a use for his body. So he ended up in a giant wooden box and his family had refused to cremate him because this happened in Greece and apparently it's like taboo to cremate people. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't want to continue to pay like the uh, monthly cost for the cemetery space. oh no i thought it was like man this man's uncle died and like he was such a big influence that is part of it and like like, he's like like, yo you're breaking the bank here yeah (laughs) that no it's all about money (laughs) hold on so it's illegal to no no it's not illegal it's 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 taboo it's uh but let's put our bones on display for people to see well, yeah, no, I mean, this is obviously taboo, too. So, uh... 
He, he, so he took the matter into his own hands, uh, filing, refiling, and filing again a gauntlet of paperwork with the Greek government to repatriate Philip's remains, which he says was quite a complicated process. I would imagine. <laughs> he uh, says, so I got a box of bones from Greece and didn't know what to do with it at first. So I decided to turn Uncle Philip into a guitar, which proved to be challenging. <laughs> I'd <laughs> imagine. I did a lot of research, and no one has ever made a guitar of a skeleton. So I did it. What was his name again? Uncle Uncle Philip. Uncle Philip. It would be Uncle Phil. <laughs> Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. And the guard, like, it, like he, it's literally like his rib cage and like his hip, like his like hip bone. That's like basically that like been like holding like the. I'm imagining it's that's it's like where like the like wooden like eight is on the guitar, you know, like I don't yeah, know what it's like actually called. It. Yeah, and then like the like the spine of it, like the neck comes down Would through be the bridge, and you, yeah. you like you strum like inside the ribs. Oh, uh, yeah. The ribs are essentially holding the guitar. Yeah, yeah. that's that'd be a fucking sick looking guitar, though, bro. I'm just saying. We gotta try to if find a picture of right. it. If it's done right, you'd also have to fucking find a way to like. Seal the bones so they yeah, don't like. Well, they were. He was a uh, like a. Oh yeah, I guess he was student. medically. Yeah. Pro- he was medically. Uh, he was gonna be like a dummy basically in a college. For- and they lost use for him. So yeah, he would be preserved very yeah. well. Yeah, those bones are probably good. I got a box of bones from Greece, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, get into a guitar. Fuck <laughs> it, <My uncle> guitar. <laughs> okay. Real quick, gotta pause. When I hear the name Kevin, I think of Ed, Ed, and Eddie and just big chin. That's all I can think of. Oh, it's funny, me and Brad were just talking about that as one of the shows that's getting a reboot. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my god, I hope it's good. The best thing about that show, Rolf is voiced by Goku. I didn't know that's who that was, but okay. Goku's voice actor is the same voice actor as Rolf. That's cool. But and it's great. You no, know, because from what Brad was saying, they're changing the animation. And just like with the Powerpuff Girls, that I didn't like the new style they went on that. Just it's oh. more kitty and. I mean, to be fair, like at least with Powerpuff Girls, that was literally always a kitty animation. But it had its own. It had its dark side. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of cartoons, like our generational cartoons when we were kids. A lot of those had like a really like Courage the Cowardly Dog is oh, fucked up. That's great Courage show. the Cowardly that's Dog is an awesome show. show. I recommend anybody watch it yeah. if you haven't. But it's fucked up. If oh, you're an absolutely. adult watching it as an adult, it's fucked it's up. Watching it as a kid, up. awesome. It's <laughs> hilarious. And like scary in a good way. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah, no it definitely is fucked up. <laughs> and Ed, Ed and Eddie is just a great show. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Yeah. All right, so lizard men. Yeah. Okay. So we last left off right before the war between the lizard men and the Skaven. So dun, dun, dun. one of the most significant events in the history of the lizard men was the rise of the cult of the serpent god Sotek. Traditionally, the gods of the lizard men were and still are the old ones. Uh, such shadowy entities as, and I'm going to butcher most of these names because they're Aztec, uh, Tlaxcotl, Chotec, Quadl, Zunki, Zapiti, Huanchi, and the inscrutable Tepoke. Tepoke. Ah, good old Tepoke. <laughs> I'd love to see the Incan and Mayan temples, by the way. I 
I hear they're better than the Egyptians. I do. Yeah, I, that would be like the one place I'd want to go. It'd be that or Machu Picchu. It's like that crazy thing where you can like clap your hands at the bottom of like the, the temples and it makes like the sound of their sacred bird. Yeah, it's fucking really? nuts. Yeah, like it, like it, like That's from how a, they designed it. Yeah, they designed it so like when a person claps, it makes that the like sa- it bounces off like the temple in a specific way, and it makes no, 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 no it like, literally it makes, makes the sound. sound waves like from from your clap, like it echo, it bounces off like the pyramid in a specific way that makes that sound. Yeah, because all sound is is waves so and cool. how far they bounce and come back, like pitch and amplitude. So if you you know, design the building to bounce the waves back at you that way. That's it makes cool. those sounds. Yeah, literally, you can like uh, clap or make other sounds, and it literally. They had a sacred bird. I think the bird of paradise was their sacred bird. Sounds right, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't. I'm not. I'm fuzzy on the name, <laughs> but uh, they worshipped those birds as like, you know, <laughs> messengers of their gods or you know something along those lines, and. So they just made their temples fucking make their sound. That's awesome. That's crazy. That's so cool. I never knew that. Sotek was a new god, though. An upstart god of the skinks. So it wasn't even the Saurus. It wasn't even the warrior class. It was the builder class of the um, lizard men that started worshipping a new god. Um, who has now risen to reign as the pre- preeminent god of the lizard men eclipsing much worship of the mysterious old ones because remember after chaos came and literally almost destroyed the fucking lizard men um all of their mage priests pretty much spend all day sleeping because they if they wake up they it takes so much energy to even mutter a sentence uh, that they fall asleep again. So they're pretty, and they were the leaders. They were the spiritual leaders that said, "Hey, this is what our God wants. We're gonna go do that." So the lizard men lost without that. There's no one to tell them what to do. So the skinks have a new God now, and because of this, uh, a lot of the lizard men start to follow this cult, hmm. which gains a lot of power. Amongst the sacred plaques of Chakwa, there existed a passage not found in the inscriptions of any other temple city. This was known as the Prophecy of Sotek, and it predicted a cataclysmic invasion of Lustria by two-legged vermin. It said the ruination would last centuries and must be born. It foretold the fall of many temple cities, including Chakwa, and the spreading of a terrible plague. However, this time of the rodent would be brought to an end when the mighty Sotek would appear. And his coming would be heralded by the forked tongue of the serpent. It was not until a a virulent pestilence arrived in Chakwa that the prophecy of Sotek was brought forth from long neglect and scrutinized in detail. A careful analysis required months of study, and in the meantime, thousands of skinks sickened and died. Even worse, the spawning pools were infected, as it was not fully formed skinks that emerged out of the primordial liquids of Chakwa's spawning pools, as were custom, but instead foul, malformed creatures that crawled forth to mercifully die within a few hours. Kill me! Yeah, like the baby ostrich (laughs) hybrid on South Park. Oh, I love that episode. That's such a good episode. (laughs) 
Chakwa's Slon mage priests were alarmed, sending war patrols to sweep the nearby jungle. South of the temple city, they discovered a vile new race that infested the nearby ruins of Quetzal. They were rat men that walked upright and bore the taint of corruption. The Skaven were already established in Lustria, the pox-ridden clan Pestilens, disease-worshipping monks of their loathsome race had gnawed out vast warrens and undertunnels after harsh skirmishes. The skinks returned bearing Skaven captives. The Slon knew these twisted beings were not part of the great plan and said so. The Skaven were to be studied in hopes of finding a cure for their entropic maladies. However, unbeknownst to the Lizardmens, the captives brought something else to Chakwa. The, the plague... The temple city was soon fully in the grip of plague. Yeah, it's the plague. <laughs> Usually it's the plague. It's Ratman. And even the mage priests showed the unmistakable signs. They withdrew into council to consider the matter, and after several days of fevered contemplation, the sickly mage priests agreed that the time spoken of in the prophecy was at hand. Looking to the sky, they saw through eyes made... I'm going to butcher this word, roomy by contagion, the distant gleaming of heavenly portent. As the light in the sky grew stronger, its twin tails began to look like the tongue of an enormous serpent. Uh-oh. When the light was visible even in the daytime, the mage priests succumbed to their maladies. The remaining temple guard bore their masters into the pyramid, sealing them from within. So passed the venerable mage priests of Chakwa. Oh, man. Leadership of the city's survivors fell to the skink priests, who had until recently served the Slon. The greatest of their numbers was Tehenuwan, <laughs> who recovered the plaques relating to Sotek and carried them at the head of a great column of survivors leaving Chakwa. He sought to warn all lizard men of the impending danger and rally them for revenge. Tehenhuan <laughs> traveled against Lustria. Deep thought on that one. Uh, you know, these names, Aztec names, do not roll off the English tongue well. What are you talking about, man? Traveled across Lustria, <laughs> preaching the prophecy of Sotek. He claimed that the serpent god would rise to deliver the lizard men from plague and rat spawn. But the god could only become manifest if given his proper due. And as payment, Sotek demanded millions of rat men to be sacrificed in his name. Woo. Jesus. And remember, before this, lizard men didn't really sacrifice people. Yeah. They, I mean, they killed them in battle, but they never really had ritual sacrifices. Blood to the blood gods. Yeah, so <laughs> like, this cult is a very distinct new culture for the lizard men. Um, but like, dicks. It, yeah, so it's mm. brand new. Well, I mean, your civilization's been racked with plague for a generation. Like, you're gonna be mad at the people who brought it. Yeah, and and literally right before that, your fucking gods exploded. <clears throat> yeah, like they're just gone. Like, this this race has gone through some shit. <laughs> they were bound to pick up a bad habit eventually. Fair enough. Skinks took to this new cult, but the mage priests held it in disdain, refusing to acknowledge Sotek, for no mention of his name could be found in any of the other ancient plaques. 
This disbelief became increasingly difficult to maintain in the face of the plague's devastation and the oncoming tide of rat men. All, acro- all across Lustria, Skaven armies emerged from the underground, bursting forth to overrun outposts, ruins, and even fully occupied temple cities. When Skaven attack, it's a blitz attack. I mean, they yeah. come from literally underground. You have no idea they're there, and suddenly rat men. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. probably already like, live in there for thousands so of rat men. It's not yeah. even just like a couple. Skaven are. Exactly, just like what he keeps describing, Ratman. Brian wasn't here for the Grimgore Iron yeah. episode, so yeah. But they're just like, and that's why, like, even when they say like sacrifice a million, like, like a million yeah. Skaven's not that's that not shit. Like yeah. they just literally well, just maybe keep... they brought the plague because those fuckers came there and they took their home. Yeah, <laughs> no, the the Skaven never actually. They were formed during that uh, event. I believe they were formed during that event um, where the chaos was seeping into the world when the old ones disappeared. Mm. Uh, if you don't remember, that's when okay. more slab formed, yeah, which yeah. was the moon literally made of warp stone, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. corruption. But they started like worshiping And a that. bunch of howling mad creatures and mutations formed. Yeah. And before that, there were no Ratmen. There were no Skaven. Yeah, so, makes sense. And then boom. But yeah, they reproduce a lot. They just like, so it's just like, you know, just like rats. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not very clear on the origins of literally the Skaven. Uh, a lot of Skaven lore still being written. Oh, that's kind of um, cool. Because, like, I, like we, we talked about it before, Skaven were literally a myth in yeah. Warhammer. Uh, they were literally a bedtime story to scare children to, you know, not go out play on the streets at midnight. They're like, ooh, the Skaven will get you. And now the Skaven are fucking real, so. <laughs> Sounds like some punk down at the skate park that it's going to come after you. Yeah, Stay yeah. Your purse. <laughs> it's like the boogeyman, you know, of this universe, except. Those fucking Skaven's down there, downtown. <laughs> All of Lustria was soon plunged into an age of war, pestilence, and bloodshed. As the Slon meditated on the right course of action, it was Tehenhuan who rose up to lead the Lizardmen. He proclaimed himself the prophet of Sotek and his fiery orators. I think, you know, there's a lot of words. <laughs> a lot of words in the English language. A lot of words in the English language I do not know. That is one of them. Hey, this is Seth's first day off in like 21 days, so That's we'll true. give him a pass on the English. I think you want to read a fucking dictionary, though. It does, I though, because I, I will guarantee you I will go home and look up no. what that word means. <laughs> and on top of that, I only got like three hours of sleep today. That's what <laughs> because Kristen woke me up at 11. I went to bed at like 8. And she woke me up at 11 because she wanted me to move my computer desk upstairs, which I told her I would do last night, but she told me not to do it last night because I wouldn't need to move it. And then I needed to move it. <laughs> so I got woken up at 11, moved a bunch of couches, uh, fucking Shout my computer desk. Shout out to Kristen. <laughs> my computer desk. I moved my 100-gallon turtle tank. That's fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I never went back to bed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're running on three hours of sleep today, but, you know, I'm having fun, so I'm, I'm up here. <laughs> just, there's a lot of words. There's a lot of words, and <laughs> when brain is tired, brain go brr. <laughs> Consisting much of chittering on the subjects of Skaven slaying and growing the power of the Serpent God became very popular amongst the skinks 
He gathered an army around him and fought wherever the Skaven were most numerous. Neither side showed the slightest mercy towards the other. Screeching Skaven hordes threw themselves upon the temple cities while skink war par parties scoured the jungle, seeking out entrances to the Ratmen's underground lairs without consulting the mage priests. Tehenhuans ordered forth the engines of the gods, arcane devices of great destructive power left behind by the old ones. The Skaven were blasted into the ashes by the thousands Woo. by these war engines. Woo. The years turned to decades, and still the conflict raged on. The comet waxing stronger, Tehenuan ex exhorted his followers to capture and sacrifice more of the cursed vermin. With each battle, the number of Skaven rendered unto the Serpent God swelled. Although the coming of Sotek was foretold by prophecy and heralded by the comet, Tehenhuan claimed it was still necessary to grant the new god many sacrifices to assure his full might upon his arrival. After a century of open battle, the war reached its bloody climax. Although he led his host to many victories in that time, it was the Battle of Guacmol <laughs> Crater where Tehenhuan caused the most slaughter. There, so many cowering Skaven were captured that their long columns took days to pass as the lizard men herded them deeper into the jungle. Upon the crumbling altar of some long lost and forgotten god, Tehenhuan began the most potent ceremony he had yet led. So many Skaven were slain that their streams of blood ran into the river a Maxon turning it crimson. While the twin-tailed comet filled the sky throughout the jungle, a writhing carpet of snakes crawled forth. From that day onward, the power of Sotek coast, coursed through Lustria, and Tehenhuan's forces proved to be all but unstoppable. So, just a bunch of snakes swarm together? They start scouring <laughs> the jungle. I mean, think of it as like, uh, remember how... In the Bible, God brings the plague of locusts. Yeah. Just think of it as instead of locust snakes. Oh, see, I was picturing like all the snakes in the jungle just come together and bonded. make a big snake. Just a big golem snake. Yeah, and then yeah. that's, that's awesome. Sotek. Together we form Sotek. Yeah. I think the. <laughs> that I would be cool. First, I think I'd rather have one big snake than a I, fuck ton of small. I don't know. If you have a million and a half little snakes all swarming together. Fuck that. Fucking hive minds are crazy in D&D, so I imagine <laughs> in Warhammer. Fuck that. Tehenhuan and the Great Sacrifice after the Battle of Guacamole. I keep wanting to say guacamole. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the Battle of Guacamole Crater. The Prophet of Sotek and his armies drove the Skaven back, breaking their armies and slaughtering them as they fled. The many armies of Ratmen retreated back to their last remaining stronghold, the ruins beneath Quetza. Their clan Pestilence leader, Lord Nurglich, gathered his plague lords for desperate counsel. Mustering into a single horde, the plague lords led their clan in a breakout attempt, suffering enormous losses. They pierced the encircling lizardmen and fought their way hundreds of miles to the coast. Every step contested, for Tehenhuan strove for nothing less than total annihilation of the Skaven. Woo. 
The final battle was fought upon the vitrified shores of Fuming Serpent Island. There, the Skaven attempted to flee the continent, for Lord Nurglich had seen enough of Lustria and hoped to establish a new base in the Southlands. By tricking a quarter of his army into performing a sacrificial delaying action, the rest of the Ratman deserted their kin and sailed eastwards on the Ramshackle fleet. What happens next is the stuff of legend. With a menacing hiss, the skinks claim that a serpent of unimaginable size, none other than Sotek himself, rose from the bubbling volcano, accompanied by slithering snake spawn. The serpent god plunged into the sea in pursuit of the fleeing skaven, such as the myth of Sotek. <laughs> Dives into the ocean. Yeah. All I think of is Mike playing Valheim and those fucking sea serpents come after you. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you fucking snake! It sounds about right. Mike will be freaking out in the Discord. It would be, it'll be really quiet, and then Mike will be like, Ah, oh, fuck that fucking snake! <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! Get him! Just fucking yeah, the, I mean, What else do you say to a sea serpent? As soon as you get them down to like a fourth health, they just run away. Oh, what a bitch! You yeah, don't even little, get loot. Yeah, little cucks. Yeah, then he, oh. yeah, then he starts talking <laughs> shit to him after a little. Yeah, bit they, they pick a fight and they start losing. They just run away like little bitches. <laughs> Those bitches That's... poison at you, taking health down. Yeah. Hey, dumb bitches. <laughs> With the Skaven <laughs> defeated, the Slon Mage Priest could no longer ignore the power of the new Skink God. They declared a great convergence. A physical meeting of the mage priests had not been done since the age of the old ones. Every single slon was conveyed to Itza, where they gathered in solemn convocation. Tehenhuan, the prophet of Sotek, was summoned to speak before the slon, although by their orders his words were not recorded. None but those present know what the truths what truths were revealed, but in the council's wake. The mage priest declared it was fitting that Sotek be venerated and that pyramid temples would be built in his honor. I mean, it's Wait. not like he did that much. They were already winning. They always got Well, technically, it was a, a literal 50-50 even back and forth battle until the lizard men had a breakthrough and sacrificed literally millions of Skaven. I guess, yeah. And then... Suddenly, they were all powerful and blessed by someone, and had the strength to dr- literally drive the Ratmen out of the con- continent. Okay, I get you. Something gave them divine intervention. Uh, whether that was Sotek or not, you really can't say. But they were sacrificing the people in the name of Sotek. However, what if I think so- it was Gork and Morg? Yeah, I say, what if uh, Sotek is uh, just a chaos god pretending to be a uh, I mean, yeah, that's true, an old one, possible, and uh, you know, sacrificing people to blood for the blood god? Literally, you get a fucking boon from him. So I'm not saying it was Sotek, but I'm not saying it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Clan Pestilence had been expelled from Lustria. Although there were still many signs of their malignant passing, the temple city of Chakwa was reopened, although the sealed pyramids were left untouched. The warrens beneath Quetzal remained tainted beyond redemption. Swarms of serpents guarded the twisting tunnels, but no lizardmen could set foot therein and survive the plagues that still lingered there. Because remember, Skaven, they don't just carry plague on them, they develop new plagues, new strains of plagues. That's... That's what their wizards do. They literally cast plague. Mm. So, 
just because there was some plague on the surface that some people could live through and you could kind of get rid of. Yeah. There's a lot more nasty shit in the tunnels. Bio-warfare. Fuck yeah. You. So, like, those tunnels are... It's literally worse. It's like walking into Chernobyl, like, the day after it exploded. Like, you just don't fucking do it. <laughs> tunnels full uh, of Jim Kim. <laughs> Henceforth... Quetzal would be called the Defiled and left to the jungle, although skink patrols assured nothing escaped in or out of that cursed region. The long war had instilled the lizard man a cold contempt for the twisted rat man that would long endure. Having taken each other's measure, the two races would clash many more times. Whenever the lizard man and Skaven face each other, Sotek and the horned rat the venomous god of the Skaven enact once more their eternal struggle. Even in their deepest trances, the Slon still listened for the gnawing below. The lizard men no longer stood upon the cusp of a new era, but had fully entered it. This was to be an age of blood, sacrifice, and the worship of savage and inscrutable gods. It does seem kind of cool to see just like a fucking bunch of lizard men and fucking rat people just fucking <laughs> fighting. Yeah, just fucking yeah. just armies, just like millions of them just fucking tearing each other apart. That'd be oh, so yeah. Cool. It, fucking plague ca- casters and shit. The, fucking, <laughs> yeah, man. the rat men have like fucking like they machine lit- guns and shit. Yeah, they, they have rattling guns. <laughs> Rattling and they shoot guns. like poison. <laughs> yeah, they shoot plague bullets. That's awesome. And they also have like literal artillery that just fires like big bolts of plague. And they didn't win. Why? I mean, lizard men have dinosaurs. When's the last time you saw a shark get sick? <laughs> For ages, Lustria had was a hidden continent, a nigh impregnable realm whose foreboding jungles deterred almost all invaders. Yet a new era was underway, and the younger races were increasingly drawn to the lizard men's lands, covetous of their wonders and wishing to see for themselves if the rumors of cities of gold were true. A number of these intrusions were lone raids, of little concern to the Slon. They used such opportunities to observe the younger races. While mage priests were wholly obsessed with the discovery and protection of their ancient plaques and sacred sites, they were dismissive of golden, golden trinkets or baubles. Literally, the only thing the lizard men care about are those tablets. You can take everything that is of value to the mortal races, so all the gold, silver, jewelry, art, mages will not care. Do not fucking touch one of their tablets, though. <laughs> that will bring lizard men armies to you. Angry dinosaurs. Yeah, angry dinosaur noises coming from the south, Captain. <laughs> Thus, the most tumbled-down, vine-choked ruin in the depths of the wilderness might be under heavy guard, while jewel-encrusted statues of purest gold were wholly abandoned in the jungle. Their skink underlings were far less forgiving, however, and would seek to obtain orders to retrieve objects of even the least significance when denied their want, the boldest leaders of their kind fabricated excuses to attack invaders, tolerating no others in their domain. When enemies came in greater numbers, as they began to do with more frequency in this new era, it was the job of the skink patrols to alert the armies of the nearest major outpost or temple city. None of the invaders could stand before the might of a fully deployed Saurus host. But these larger-scale attacks upon Lustria shook the lethargy from the Slan maid priests, 
the world was changing again. Dark elf, re, dark elven reavers began plundering the Lustrian coast. The most prolific raiders were that of the dark elves of Nagaroth. Using their far-seeing ability, the mage priests had watched the civil war on Ulthuan and had long pondered its meaning. To the mage priests, these twisted creatures were scarcely distinguish- distinguishable from any of the other kind. The lizardmen had scant contact with any elves following the first disastrous encounter at Pahawaks. That's an interesting name to pronounce. Um, and if you if you don't remember, because this will be on a second podcast, um, at Pahawaks, the uh, lizardmen took some elves to the city. And uh, what essentially happened was the elves were on edge because they're surrounded by literal hulking lizards <laughs> in a jungle where almost all of their forces had died because of plague or because of disease, you know, just natural pre- threats from the jungle. So these on edge elves get taken to the middle of a heavily guarded temple surrounded by lizard men and then they can't understand what the big floating lizard in the chair is saying <laughs> and one one guy goes to reach for his weapon and essentially it all fucking goes downhill and all the elves get slaughtered except for one who manages the captain manages to make it out of the city and get back to his land. He ran away as soon as the fucking battle ensued. Uh, it wasn't even a ship, battle. Huh? It was like slaughter. ten. I would say it was like ten people inside of a heavily guarded fortress. Couldn't go down with the ship, huh? I mean, they're elves. They should have had bows. They should have been able to take them all out. The Slan mage priests had at first allowed the dark elves to enter Lustria unopposed, or rather, not faced by the lizardmen themselves. The jungle's, the jungle's natural defenses were unavoidable. In this way, the Slond hoped to gain insight on the elves' intentions. What the mage priests saw only served to confirm their opinion that the younger races had deviated far from the great plan. You whippersnappers. <laughs> it was their shared telepathic determination that any contact with such a race of creatures could only lead to conflict. Which, you know... If you know anything about dark elves, if you if you have any interaction with them, it's conflict. <laughs> dark elves are the kind that like to take slaves to torture for fun and then just kill them. Mm-hmm. Like dark elves are the most masochistic, fucking dark sadistic. Version? Yeah, like they're they are nuts. You don't fuck with a dark elf. <laughs> The Dark Elves were arriving in Lustria in larger forces since their discovery of the Black Way, an underground network of subterranean rivers and seas that stretched all the way from the cold lands of Nagaroth. Armies of Dark Elves had been using this route to emerge in the heart of Lustria, allowing them to avoid the lethal dangers of the jungle. The passive approach of the Slon came to an end with the desecration of the Monument of Izatal, and the elven attempt to capture the skink priests from the floating temple of Chotek. But perhaps the most damaging of the Dark Elf assaults was the theft of the star Stella of Quetili. Quetli. Quetli. The stelae are stone slabs inscribed with eldritch symbols, and the star Stella was an especially prized artifact for the stone held the secrets of star alignment, 
Even as the Dark Elves hauled their plunder through the Blackway, the mage priest Tepic Inzi was startled awake, roused from a decades-long trance. He sensed the ramifications of the star Stella in the wrong hands. Acting in great haste, the mage priest mustered an army and transported it all the way to the gray shores of the Ashen Coast, intercepting the Dark Elves as they emerged from the Blackway. The battle that ensued was remarkable for its ferocity. For the Dark Elves had no intention of being cheated of their prize. Tepic Inzi left the battle plan in the hands of his trusted Saurus leader, Gorok, whose albino scales marked him as blessed by the Old Ones. Given the order to retrieve, Gorok met the Dark Elf assault head-on. He famously used his massive stone shield to smash the opposing commander's chariot into splinters. When he stabbed, when stabbed through the chest... Gorok refused to die, instead pulling his assailant towards him by drawing the Iron Lance through his own body until he was close enough for his jaws to rip out the elves' throat. You're coming out with me, motherfucker. (laughs) He pulled a Leonidas, literally stabbed through the fucking chest, and he still takes a man down. The Lizardmen forced their foe back against the cruel breakers of the underground sea. Only after the battle had ended and Gorok had retrieved the Star of Stella was the Dark Elven weapon removed from his mighty Saurus's blood-slicked form. The Star of Stella was returned to its rightful place in the temple city of Itza, where henceforth it would be protected by the temple guard lest any attempt to steal it again. Furthermore, all Dark Elf raids into Lustria from that time onward were to be met with force and skink patrols were assigned to scout deep into the black way. The lizard men took the dark elf threat seriously. Uh, with the with the black way open and useful, the um, the raids into the jungle were no longer like, you know, half their army dies on the way in and like the other half is going to die on the way out. So we really don't have to worry about it. They get their whole army there and back in one piece if you don't do anything about it. So that's like the first time that the lizard men actually have to deal with a threat outside of Lustria. So they they meet it with force. Fuck you guys. Coming to our land. <laughs> the first humans to land upon the coast of Lustria were from Norska. Uh, and if anybody knows even a tiny little bit about Norska, Norska is the um, the Viking land almost. It's where the Berserkers are from. Uh, Who would have guessed? Yeah. They, uh, I mean, the Vikings, if you play Blood Bowl, the Norska team, they don't even wear shirts. <laughs> they literally just have, like, Speedos on, essentially, with, like, little <laughs> fur lining. It's great. Like, that's what they wear in you know essentially northern russia yeah, siberia so kind of yeah they, they just walk around bare-chested in <laughs> norska apparently it's great but so they are they are tough humans they are bloodthirsty raiders i mean mm-hmm. led by an infamous norskan adventurer oh boy here we go with the names again <laughs> loster kisan yeah, Lost or Kisan. There's like two S's after the K, but there's no I. So it's not Kiss. <laughs> Northmen crossed the seas and ransacked an overgrown ruin they found near Lustria's coast. 
Heedless of the blasphemy they had just committed against the old ones, the men loaded their longboats with golden artifacts and sailed for home. It was not long before word of their riches spread throughout the growing realms of men. Well, and wait, many... How come another big snake didn't come out and get these guys? Well, they weren't scaven. Oh, okay. <laughs> they weren't scaven. They'd have to, they'd have, you have to sacrifice at least two million Norska to get the god to go after the Norska, yeah, okay? The snake to patrol the waters. Yeah, against that race. <laughs> it's, you know, it's obviously just based on racism at this point. If you kill enough of them, your god hates them too. That's fair. You know, that's what we're going with. <laughs> totally not canon. <laughs> Just let, let us know that one. That one's not canon. <laughs> Against the old ones, uh, the men loaded their longboats with golden artifacts and sailed for home. It was not long before word spread of the growing of the riches throughout these realms of men. Many ships sailed west to find their new fortune. Few survived the perilous journey, and most that did survive the journey slain in the jungle. <laughs> Yeah, Eaten probably. by enormous reptilian creatures, swallowed by sentient quicksand, or overcome by tropical disease. Sentient quicksand. I've never heard of a more terrifying fucking thing in a jungle. Yeah. Never. That's, that's just terrifying. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> the Norse, however, led by the returning Lostrakison, succeeded in establishing a settlement on the, the Isthmus, a colony named Skeggy. Fearing what might lurk in the hinterlands, Lostrakson forbade his followers. I also like how the way I'm avoiding pronouncing his name is just making syllables <laughs> and stringing them together as fast as I can. Just say, and not one of you has called me out on it yet, I'm and I'm so happy. I'm not going to. The trick is just saying every letter. Uh, for he forbade his followers from entering the deep jungle, instead concentrating on building a stockade fort and collecting the gold and precious stones from the ruined watch posts along the coastline. Not all of his followers listened, however, and one reckless band probed the thick jungle, stumbling across a site of great riches that was guarded by the lizardmen. The humans seized what they could before fleeing to their base. <laughs> Lostrakson only discovered what had happened when an army of lizardmen emerged out of the jungle. <laughs> Encircling the settlement, the Norse believed themselves doomed, but Lostrakson ordered all treasure to be cast over the log ramparts, recovering only a single glyph-inscribed plaque. The enigmatic lizardmen left without a backward glance. Unbeknownst to the humans, the army had been sent to recover a particular item— Golden jewels, again, do not concern the lizard men, though they represented a fortune. And so Skeggy survived, in time becoming prosperous, from which the men of the north would launch many ventures. Although raiding parties that intruded deep into the jungles never returned, those that stuck to the coastline and found sites ripe for plunder, the wonders and treasures of the great temple cities uh, remained a mystery in the deep jungle. On the orders of the Slon Mage Priest, the Lizardmen endured the minor raids, for they had far greater matters on which to focus their much-needed mentions or meditations. And like we said, the Dark Elves are hitting into the heart of Lizardmen territory. The Norse are literally like on their beaches. Like the Lizardmen don't care about that. The lizard men are way more focused on 
keeping the Dark Elves from stealing the Star of Stella or, you know, any other amazing, like, plaques that they are, you know, so enthralled with that have their old ones' writings. So, yeah, a little bit of gold, nah, who cares? We're going to focus on the big picture here. Because mm-hmm. that's... What did they take back with them? The uh, plaque. It didn't say of who, but it was... Um, they took one piece and it was just a, a plaque. Hmm. Yeah, because like the plaques have like the, all the ancient writings from the old ones. Yeah, they have the messages of the old ones on them. So to the lizard men, there is no greater treasure. They don't really care for gold and jewels. Such it's like, what are they going to do with it? They don't trade with people. And shit yeah, like that, yeah, like. they literally the lizard men. I mean, you're born into your place, so you're. I mean, skinks are born into being constructors, pretty much. Sauruses are warriors. Um, you know, slon mage priests are you know the leaders like you 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 have your cast you don't almost ever step up or down in your cast so what do you have need for gold i mean all your food's pretty much provided and you know what your job is so you do your job what what need do you have for uh you know treasure none so the the lizard men have individual lives exactly we are legion (laughs) It was not only greedy treasure hunters that the Northmen brought with them to Lustria when they established the settlement of Skeggy. The fierce tribal men carried with them their warlike gods, erecting crude idols and performing barbaric ceremonies in their honor. The names attached to these deities by their human worshippers had not been previously heard upon Lustria. But the continent had felt their power before. Strange stirrings not sensed for a millennia disturbed the meditations of the mage priests. Echoes from a distant past reverberating through the mind of one slon to another. Chaos once more walked upon the shores of Lustria, this time carried in the souls of the men of the north. Damn chaos always comes back. And, Ain't no getting rid of chaos. Yep, and it is the same in the game. Norska is a playable race. They are one of the races of chaos. <laughs> Wide ass uh, Mike the other day. Why is it always chaos magic, magic, Mike? Why do you always fuck with chaos magic? And he's like, because it's the best. Yeah, you can take like any ritual and just adapt it to any need you need, like anything you need. Yeah, chaos is fun um, in the game, but uh, it's fucking terrifying and. Uh, and the actual lore. <laughs> Chaos is just busted. But it can't enter the world naturally, so it has to find other ways in. Hmm. Such as, you know, through the rituals of man. Like tricking people. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll give you all of this blood if you just sacrifice somebody for us. Blood for the blood god. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Blood for the blood god. Skulls for the skull throne. What awakened the Slon to the re-emerging threat of chaos was the tragedy of Lord Zul, the master mage priest of Zatek. Lord Zul was especially steeped in the lore and study of the Old Ones, and his wisdom was legendary. Yet, during his few waking hours, he began to issue irrational orders. When Lord Zul's skink attendants considered his latest words, it was observed that he made contrary pronouncements only when his plaquen was positioned to face the rising of the northern constellation at the zenith day of each month. The alignment is tracked along the geometric web, passed directly over the ruined pyramid temple 
of Plencon, suspecting this might be the root of confusion and ex- expedition in strength was launched to discover the, what marred the tranquility of Lord Zul's thoughts. The overgrown ruins of Plencon were located on an island off the Scorpion Coast. Led by a skink known as Chief Quizzy Pantuti. Oh my god, that's a name! That's the best Can name I've ever seen. One more time. Quizzy Pantuti. Yes. Quizzy Pantuti. And it's literally Q U Z I, so Quizzy, P A N T, Pant, U T I, Uti. Quizzy Pantuti. That is a fucking name for a skink if I've ever read one. By the way, boys. Uh, the lizard men force traveled quickly. Mighty Bastilodons, which Bastilodons are the uh, Triceratops looking things, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. They are uh, big, big dinosaurs. They they mount artillery on their back. Crushing paths through the jungle while a flight of Pteranons scouted the path ahead. Once there, an investigation of the vine-covered ruins ensued, and the uppermost chamber in the holy the holy pool of power reserved for mage priests, there slumped a vile demon prince. Quizzy Pantuti saw that a blade of elven forging transfixed the creature, its innards glowing like lava. The wounded demon had followed the lines of the geomantric web, hoping to leech the power to restore itself. He knew that the demon must be destroyed, but before the skink chief could summon his army, the demon had called upon its patron. Balefire spewed from the pyramid and a swarm of iridescent and crimson demons emerged from the air, from out of the air itself to do battle. They were met by a storm of javelins and barbed darts, and though many fell, the demons pressed home their attack, tearing through the skink cohorts and crashing into the Saurus lines. Demons in Warhammer are absolutely fucking terrifying. I mean, they're demons. Well, like, it's nothing. Like, no mortal stands up to a demon. Honestly, an army has a hard time standing up to a fucking demon, depending on how powerful it is. Holy fuck. Like, but demons cannot enter the mortal realm easily. It's very fucking tough to get a demon through the, the warp. Which is essentially, you know, unreality. That is where the chaos lives. Um, to pull a demon out of the warp is really tough. And if a demon is slain on the mortal plane, it just goes right back to the warp. Oh, well, <laughs> it's not just like done forever? Nah, no, nah, it just goes back to the warp. Damn. But the only good thing with it, that is the more powerful the demon, the fucking way harder it is to get it out of the warp. So, like, there are a lot of powerful demons walking around in the Warhammer universe outside of the warp. But if if they kill them, it is so worth it because it's almost impossible for them to get back out of the warp. Mm-hmm. So, there is a reason to fight the demons, but it, it does suck it's knowing hard, that yeah. uh, you just lost half your army to kill this one demon. Oh, and it's not actually dead. It's just back in the warp. <laughs> like... How bad does that feel? (laughs) Kicking the nuts. (laughs) So fierce was the demon attack that they cut down half the reptilian warriors and would have swept through them 
altogether were it not for a timely charge by Bastilodons. Thick armored plates protecting them from harm, the enormous beasts waded through the demons, crushing more with every stride of their trunk-like legs. Twin arcs of Sotek, born of the creature's backs, poured forth serpents beyond number. Have some snakes! <laughs> Perhaps Sotek, or the old ones themselves, took outrage at the, con- the contamination of the temple. For the serpents were joined by further swarms from the jungle. Even more snakes! <laughs> it's, it's like the fucking guy that's like, what are you, I'm gonna stop you from doing this crime. You, you just have a jar of bees. An open jar of bees. Ah, covered in bees! That's fucking great. You know what this situation needs? More snakes. Yeah. <laughs> a living sea of serpents. A veritable tidal wave. Not, sense see- or not seen since the wars with the Skaven. Swept over the demons into the pyramid temple itself. There they entered the topmost chamber and assailed the wo- wounded demon prince. Their venom overcoming even that unnatural creature. With their leader gone, the demon army vanished completely. At the very moment the demon prince succumbed, Lord Zul gave a feeble croak and perished. The mental duel to keep his thoughts pure had finally defeated him. His body was prepared with resin and bedecked with with gold to rest. Within the crypt of the Great Pyramid to be honored as long as the Lizardmen realm stands. Yet his loss was not in vain, for it opened the minds of his fellow mage priests, alerting them to the return of that most malign influences. Chaos was no longer invading Lustria only through its mutated offspring or the stained souls of the younger races. Despite the upsurge of invaders entering Lustria, some of the eldest and most powerful Slon mage priests could not be roused. The great lord Mazdan, Mazdamundi, the oldest Slon still alive, was especially groggy, and his skink priests despaired over ever wholly waking him, their exalted charge. It took a spectacular display of greed and hubris to finally impel Lord Mazdumandi to fully awaken. On three separate occasions, El Cadavo, a mercenary captain, established a settlement upon the Isthmus of Fox, always naming it Cadavo after himself. Each time, skink patrols eagerly sent back word, and the skink priests climbed high under the Great Pyramid of Hexotl. There, Lord Mazdamundi reclined, slumped in concentration, his eyes glazed, and his prodigious tongue lolling. None of those wakings went well, but each ended with the groggy slon acquiescing, telling <laughs> to the skink request to drive off the invaders. It was like a stegodon tail swatting away a blood wasp. It, was, it seemed like it was more of an annoyance than something he was taking seriously. None believed the humans would be so foolish as to return. When the skink priest with anxious glee reported that El Cadavo had indeed returned and established a new settlement again. <laughs> it's literally the meme of Goofy poorly drawn. And fucking settlement gets raided, burned to ground by lizard men. 
Builds a new one. Happens again. I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> Lord Mazdamundi's eyes opened wide for the first time in ages. His contemplation had now been disturbed three times in a single decade. To a slon but a blink of an eye. So Lord Mazdamundi made his preparations and read the constellations. Learning that he was destined to be awoken yet again, unless he took matters into his own hands. God damn it! They keep waking me up. <laughs> <laughs> fucking people keep coming back, building bases. They're like, like, I'll fucking do it again. I like to imagine you use like a five-year-long like scry spell or something just to find out they're just gonna wake him up again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, god damn it, skinks, let me sleep. <laughs> but master, these people keep building settlements. The mage priest ordered his throne placed upon the back of the largest stegodon and marched to meet the intruders. Lord Mazdamundi was determined to see the settlement destroyed once and for all as a warning to all those who would dare invade the realm of lizardmen. The slon unleashed such immense, immense power that the tectonic plates literally shifted beneath the human encampment. A terrible earthquake shattered the region, reducing Kadavo to ruins. When the dust settled, all its defenders had been crushed to a bloody pulp. Satisfied that the troublesome warm bloods would trouble him no more, Lord Mazdamundi returned to Hexodal with a mind to resume his contemplation of the great mysteries of the universe once again. Yet his blood was stirred, and his slumbers were not again so deep. It was during the year of the Jade Star Sea that the largest demon incursion since the Great Catastrophe came to Lustria. Its leader was Sla Ulan, a demon referred... Hold up. Why the fuck are the demon names easier to pronounce than the goddamn lizard man <laughs> names? the regular names. Because <laughs> honestly, that was not hard. I just, I was like, oh yeah, two A's there, two A's there, just Sla Ulan. Like... Easy. What's up, Hank? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> fucking... Oh, boy. A demon return, referred to in ancient stone tablets as the nether thing of the second moon. The nether thing of the second moon. And remember, the second moon is Morsleb, which is literally worshipped as a god. It's, it's a chunk of warp stone, which is chaos, just orbiting the planet. So That's why there's so much chaos Yeah A little bit yeah He was among the most destructive And vile fiends during the great Catastrophe and had been responsible For the capture of many mage priests All of whom were sacrificed In obscene rituals It was the great lord Huintenchuli Of Fox Who had finally banished The foul demon at Zua Lake all those years ago. When Sla Ulan returned to Lustria many thousands of years later, Lord Huin Tu Chili, who had relocated to Zlanhupak, <laughs> could not be roused. Only Lord Tenuchili, subordinate mage priest to the great lord, could be awakened. Accompanied by Chokax, the prime guardian of the city of Mists, Lord Tenuchili led an expedition to the pillars of the unseen constellations 
and there found the full might of chaos assembled. The battle that ensued was a one-sided massacre, for the Saurus warriors were made sluggish by the arcane energies that flowed forth from the corrupted site. Sla'ulan led the slaughter-filled charge and strode amongst the lizardmen, snipping off heads and striking down whole ranks at a time. While the Saurus struggled to raise their weapons, so sapped were they of strength. In scant moments, only Lord Tenuchili remained with Chalk Axe immobile by his side. Slaulan charged the Prime Guardian, believing him incapacitated by magic, but Chalk Axe was able to shrug off the disorienting spells and was only static because as of yet, there was no direct threat to himself or the mage priest he guarded. As Slaulan neared, Chalk Axe exploded into violent motion, pulping the demon into a steaming mass of bubbling demonic ichor. Yet even in its death throes, the great demon directed its last energies into an arcane blast aimed at Lord Tenuchili. Chalkax saved the Slawn from instant death by stepping in front of part of the blast. Yet the Lord was badly wounded, his throne crashing to the ground. With Slaulan's death, the demonic host dissipated, leaving only Chalkax as the wounded Lord Tenuchili alive. With orders to stay by his mage priest's side, Chalkax could only stand immobile, unable to seek help. A cycle of the moon passed before a patrol found them and escorted the unconscious Slon back to the City of Mists, the faithful Eternity Warden keeping pace every step of the way. He just stood there for a month. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, there's one thing about lizard men. Uh, one, time does just not fucking matter to them. Uh, I mean... Li- they're lizards. They live for a long ass time. Yeah. Um. Two. They're fucking loyal. Uh. I mean, if they are given a charge, they uh, stick by that charge. I'll give them credit. Yeah. Not even trying to go get help, and now he's like, "Fuck, I just." Gotta I, stay. I have orders to stay by this man. I'm. I'm staying. The, the level twenty wizard said not to leave the path. I'm not leaving the path. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we skipped, like, an entire three hours of session in D&D one day. It was beautiful. I mean, our dungeon master said this all-powerful level 25 or level 20 wizard was like, do not stray from the path. And one dwarf got taken off the path. So what did all the other seven or eight dwarves do? Go after the fucking dwarf? No, no, no. no. We stood on the path. They came back with three less men. So don't go into the jungle. Yeah, I mean the wizard said so. Yeah, that guy got fucked by himself. Sucks to suck. Yeah, I the mean the wizard says stay on the path, stay on the path. Yeah, especially when he's level twenty. I mean you don't fuck with level twenty wizard. He disintegrates you. Uh, and you know what? We'll go through this next section. Uh, cause we're nearing our time, but the next section's only three paragraphs, and then it's a good stopping point. All right, cool. So. This is called The Age of Awakening. This would be from 2303 to the present. So this leads up to where the modern uh, game takes place. All right. A new era was beginning. For more and more often, the Slon were awoken from contemplation by nightmares, beset with waking visions and ancient memories of demonic attack. Led by the rejuvenated Lord Mazdumundi, 
The mage priests felt the great forces stirring in the world, once more sensing with their mighty minds the waxing of chaos at the distant poles. Although still troubled by soper soporific fits, the mage priests committed themselves to opposing chaos and sought to counter its influence wherever it was discovered. At any given time, up to half of the mage priests still living were engaged upon the monumental task of confronting chaos from their places of power, most often atop temple pyramids. The spirit selves of the Slan mage priests battle in the ether against foes that would expand the realm of chaos over the entire world. It was not coincidence that as the strongest surge of mystical energy seen in a millennia erupted out of the north, the largest horde of mortal servants of chaos invaded the northern reaches of the old world in what was known in those lands as the Great War Against Chaos. And that war is where Grimgore in canon meets his end in original lore kicks chaos's ass kicks and goes chaos's back home. fucking ass that's right my boy grimgore <laughs> though Damn. the lizard men did not march against the forces of darkness every mage priest pulled their powers so that the chaos incursion might be repelled through their combined wills the slon dampened the influence of the chaos gods and denied the demons the chance of entering the fray themselves. Though Magnus the Pious, the great hero of the Empire who led the defense of the human realms, never knew of it, without the endeavors of the Slon, his armies would have been ravaged by chaos sorcerers with unlimited powers, as well as beset by the full might of the demon legions. So, when we talked about that battle... You know, being tooth and nail, even between the humans and chaos with the orcs there. Yeah. That's literally only possible because the lizard men were behind the curtains fighting the magical side of the battle. <laughs> the humans took on the physical armies while the slon mage priests were in the ether, which is essentially like the dream realm, if I'm yeah. not mistaken the spirit world yeah. fighting the demons the sorcerers and keeping the chaos contained so that they can't use their powers hmm. so chaos almost destroyed this world like so close if all the mortal races didn't accidentally because it was not planned if all the mortal races didn't accidentally come together this world would have been fucked yeah at this time, the Slon also detected a subtle instability in the mystic vortex maintained by the elves Ulthuan. The great or the workings of the great witch ritual were weakening, in danger of ultimate collapse. The Slon lent their own efforts to form mighty magical bulwarks around the elven spell, helping to maintain the vortex with power drawn from the geomantric web. To date, the High Elven Loremasters remain unaware of this mystical aid, though perhaps the wisest of them suspect that a power other than their own is also at work. And that is exactly where the campaign picks up in um, Total War Warhammer 2. The elves are fight the High Elves are fighting to maintain the Vortex, 
The Dark Elves are fighting to steal the Sword of Khan and destroy the Vortex. It's always a sword. Yeah, yeah, it's a mighty magical sword. Oh, it's the one the demon had. <laughs> yeah. It's always a mighty magical sword. Yeah, yeah. and the, um, and the lizard men's, yeah, and the lizard men's goal in that is to strengthen the geomantric web and, you know, yeah. do all that. So this literally catches us up to, um, present Warhammer just overview of lizard man history. Hmm. And we still have... What a segue. Yeah, this is a nice stopping point, and the next point will be the return of the rat men the return of the rat men they always come back. back for revenge there's so many fucking skaven yeah there's always so many skaven you say you sacrifice a billion of them yeah i mean their lines were so long that they marched past for days before the whole line of rat men got past you can't tell me that's not at least a million Skaven, like... That's just insane. How do you feed millions of fucking, like, armies with literally, like, millions of They eat each other, the rats. And you don't okay, fair enough. I mean, they have Skaven party. slaves. You don't! <laughs> you don't take care of them, you don't give them benefits. Yeah, no, they're literally, a lot of Skavens are just slaves. Fair enough. And they literally have, like, maybe a shirt, if they're lucky. <laughs> like, in the game, a lot of them have, like, the expendable trade. Where, yeah. like, if they die, your other, like, units don't lose, like, morale from it. Yeah. Because they're just <laughs> slaves. Yeah. They're because they're slaves. So the soldiers in your army can care less about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. Like, a lot of goblins have that, too, for, like, the orcs and shit. <laughs> and honestly, uh, a lot of Skaven, how they feed themselves is they just raid things. Like, they go and destroy another settlement and just eat all the people. Um, and, and, like... It's not uncommon for a burrow, like an underhive, to get so big that it runs out of food and dies. It happens. And then the other rats eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a little picnic. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is page 40. So we are uh, of 65. 65. Okay. But, like, the last five pages are just important characters' names. If we want to reference them later, I have them. So, we're, like, two-thirds of the way done. Yeah. This is fucking uh, Lizard Men Part 2 of Part 3. <laughs> we'll be next week. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Michael Kowalski. I'm Seth. And I'm Happy. And we'll see you next week, kids. Bye. Quizzy Pantuti. <laughs>